interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of my bloody podcast. I'm Brian Kluger and I'm joined by the host with the most, the man who I want to go on a trip with and just uh get stoned. Get stoned. Man, the the cat's got my tongue for sure in this uh-huh. one. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh-huh. Preston Barto, what's up, bud? I'm good. I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this one. I know we've talked about it for a little bit now. Um, and because it just has has many cold feelings throughout the experience, but just like when you go on something that's so dark and really causes you to reflect on some very dark things about yourself, um, it's just makes it exciting material to talk about. So I'm, uh, I cannot wait to get into this. I can't wait to get into this either because this movie um i i heard about it but i never watched it until you know a few days ago and i think i remember preston talking with me about it and then one of my good friends told me is like i just watched this movie this movie was crazy it messed me up and i even had to fast forward some of it and i was like wait what you like the person who has seen salo with me and everything else like you you fast forward like what is this movie okay it's on my it's on my list and then i asked preston about it and preston's like dude you're gonna yes you're gonna love it like don't (laughs) he's like he got real excited he was fumbling his words he's like yes man just like go crazy i was like oh my god two of these people that i respect their opinion they're telling me this movie's crazy. How have I not seen this? And then I watched it, and it was immediately our next episode. And that movie is called Speak No Evil. Um, it's a Danish film that came out in 2022. And uh, the actually, its Danish name is called, I guess, Gesturne or Gestumi, but that means guests. Um, and it mm. is directed and written by Christian Taftrup. I hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Preston. Yeah, uh, Christian Taftrup. He, he co-wrote it with his brother. Yes. Um, and again, this is like Danish Danish films did. Uh, and it is a psychological horror film. And I mean, we all know that one of Preston's best friends is Nicholas Winding Refn, and he just gets along with Danish people. We don't know why. We don't know how this happens, but it happens. But speak no evil. Okay, so, you know, going into this, I had it built up. And watching the movie, it's something completely different that took me off guard, and I loved it so much. It wasn't It wasn't downplayed to me. I loved it. So first off, Preston, I know you saw this way before me. You saw it last year. Um, 
usually when we get movies like this, you know, because Preston and I get a lot of films um, of the horror genre. And, you know, there's some really good ones and there's a whole lot of bad ones. So we never know what we're getting into. Uh, but we always like to watch them. And Preston... I know we haven't said what this movie is about yet. And like, I guess a log line from the movie could be um, two couples with children meet on a vacation and then they keep in touch. And one of the couples invites the other couple to come stay at their house uh, because they're friends. And then it just goes from there. So that's kind of the long line, but Preston, you going into this and what I just said about us watching all these horror movies, we never know what we're going to get. What was your expectation to this movie? And when you were watching it, when did you realize, oh, my God, this is something special? And then afterwards, (laughs) what was the feeling? Yeah, uh, so I didn't really have much expectations going into it at all. Not to say that I thought it was going to be a better movie or going to do this or going to I was going to have a certain response to it. I just kind of went in uh, not knowing anything. Um, so I I just have a lot of faith in IFC films and IFC Midnight and the kind of horror that they put out because uh, I take I take a lot of chances with them and most of the time they. They really, they're like A24 in a way where they just uh, really try to do some things. Uh, I've talked about it on those podcasts in the past. Uh, there's another movie uh, that the name escapes me at the moment that is also um, just takes place in one location and ends up being a really unique horror film that I've never seen before. And I feel like this kind of falls into that category very much so um, and makes it stand apart from other films that I've seen um, because it's it you have such a visceral reaction to it. Um, so the point in the film where I thought it was really special um, <laughs> I don't know. There's so there's so many that it just casually builds up. It's like in if it didn't have the score that it has, and when I talked to uh, the, the director about it, even he talked about it, uh, saying like how the the score is very loud and it's kind of like this shining kind of thing where it's just like playing uh, to kind of maintain this sense of unease throughout. Because if you just stripped away that score the movie so easily could have been like a cringe comedy. Right. Because they did that with the shining with its score that somebody on YouTube made like a shining clip of with like happy comedy music and it like works. So I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. Like it's like one shot away from having Jim from the office over there being like, you know, just like some <laughs> some sort face. of yeah, just because uh, if you're a parent, you're there's so many things, or even if you're like in your 30s and 40s, and uh, there's like a lot of great um, videos on TikTok and uh, Instagram Reels that you can watch now, where they really poke fun of like what the reality of being at that age is, where like in your 20s you were like just so adventurous and you're a risk taker and you like to do all these things. You stayed up late. Uh, you didn't mind that you had to wake up early and that sort of thing. Um, you're just living life to its fullest. And then when you reach your 30s and 40s, you're like, 
I like being at home. I like my own space. There's a routine here and I can't really break beyond it. And uh, you don't really have many conversations or uh, things that happen that cause you to think about because uh, there's a conversation in this film, a really fascinating one toward the end between two men where they're talking about like masculinity and animalist and they have like this animalistic connection uh, post this uh, connection or post their conversation. And it really does kind of cause you to think about like, am I just kind of stuck here? Like, am I really living life for myself right now? Or is this because... I have a child now, I have to do all these things. And it's about making, you know, holding them up to get to where they need to be. Um, and you don't really think too much about yourself and uh, you're just kind of living to, you know, punch the clock. Um, so there's just a, a lot to think about. Um, so, uh, but I don't want to get away too much from your original question of like when the moment came. Um, I think the moment where I thought it was something special and that I was connecting to it in a way that I didn't, uh, anticipate, um, that was a more, that was more inviting because the, the movie itself, when these two couples meet each other, you're, you're kind of getting charmed by the other person and how they live their lives. Like for instance, like the, the family that invites, uh, the other family over to their house. I think one's, um, we'll just say one's from Poland. I think that's where they live. That's their countryside house. And the other is from, um, oh man, I'm going to really butcher this, but Denmark, I guess. Um, so let's just call it family A or the inviters, family B or the visitors. So family A has like a, the dad or the, the man has this response or, uh, observe something about uh, family B, the family B's father uh, slash the dude. And um, like while they're on vacation, um, family B's daughter loses her bunny, doesn't put the bunny back in the box. Um, she loses her bunny, drops her bunny while they're on vacation. And um, the dad goes and looks for it. And what's kind of funny about it is that it really leans into the reality of being a dad where you're just like kind of taking your time <laughs> to get this thing. Like when he finds the bunny from where it was dropped, he just like kind of takes in the location and then uh, is confronted by the other family. And then the family, the the dad of that family family a says like oh you went to go find the bunny that's really heroic of you and he kind of makes him feel special and you kind of get into like the charm and like what uh agenda may be at play for um family a um and then I guess it's just once they get to the house and then like these uncomfortable moments really start to play, like all these red flags come up and what makes it special is that they family B ignores it for the most part. They try to do their best. Like you can sense it. You can sense that their, their flags are going up, their radars going off, but they, they just kind of ignore the microaggressions. They ignore all these like little things that are happening. And then it's just like this, like, question of or this test rather of like how much can you be pushed until you're like okay I'm out of here because 
if my wife and I were in this situation, I think she has that ability to be like, no, 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 we're, no, we're out of here. Like that would be the, like the earliest moments of uncomfortability would be the no. And I'm sorry, I don't care about trying to please this person. I don't know them well enough. Who cares? I don't have to worry about it. We live many, we live a, live a countries away. So I don't have to uh, worry about it. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty, pretty early on, I realized it was special. And then by the very end, when the shit really hits the fan and this lives up to being what the director set out to make with his brother, which is quote, the most, um, most disturbing Danish movie ever made. And, um, and it does deliver on that front. Granted, I've have seen a lot of Lars von Trier, and I've seen Nicholas Wooden Refn and Michael Haneke and, and Takashi Miike. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like European filmmakers specifically, who really have no fear and are willing to test the boundaries and the the limits of the viewer, and don't have a, a care in trying to make a movie that makes you feel comfortable because there, as the director, when I talked to him, he said, there's a lot of movies that are like that. Why do I need to continue to add to the fire of that when I can create my own fire and really burn you? Um, so uh, yeah, there's, I have so much admiration for this film and it's really hard to watch it in the moment as, uh, because it, as in the beginning you can laugh it off because that's what we do when we do get uncomfortable is we kind of laugh at it. So as things start to get more intense for the couples, you kind of laugh and snicker at it a little bit, even if you are just like, well, because it's 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 subtle. It, that, and yeah, see, yeah. That's where I find it special as well. Uh, you know, early on, you're just like, okay, these two couples, they both have kids. It seems like they like each other. They go to this house and kind of like the woods um, and to meet meet their friends that they met in Tuscany. And all seems pretty well for the most part. Um, but there's this like the little instance, it's almost kind of like a Seinfeld episode of sorts where like life's, um, little moments, if you will. Cause like Seinfeld's like people say Seinfeld is a show about nothing, but actually it's a show about etiquette and, you know, your little things in life that you're going through, you know, whether it's picking up something from the store, (laughs) excuse me, um, or saying hi to somebody, how do you do that politely or whatever? Uh, this movie, Speak No Evil, has those elements, but the family, family B, I guess, uh, who invited the family A there, just does things just a little off kilter. Not something that you would necessarily like drop and say, you know, deuces, I'm leaving at. It's just something like, oh, that's a little odd. Um, and then it slowly, it doesn't jump from zero to a hundred up until like the last 10 minutes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what makes it great. Like, it's just these little things that make this movie so amazing. And when that was happening, because in so many films like this, you would have kind of uh, a moment, maybe at the beginning of the movie where 
you see something horrific, you see something terrifying, and then it goes back to being normal. And you know, then you're like, God, these people just get out, get out of here. This movie does not allow that. This movie's like, yeah, I would stay there too. You know, there is a moment where I'm just like, yes, you were out of there, but uh, it makes sense uh, in this, in speak no evil of what they're doing. And that's why I like this. It's like, it's, it's that slow build that somebody who goes into it, not knowing what to expect, like you it feels real is that did you get that from it oh yeah 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 um yeah all those all those like like for instance the family bee that that they're visiting when they get to the house for the first time we know pretty early on that the wife is in the mom is a vegetarian or a pescatarian, uh, where she only eats fish and vegetables. Um, and she's tested right out the gate when she arrives, like that the dad of that lives there is like, here, try this roast or this meat or whatever. And then you can sense, you can tell on her face. And that's why the act, the acting is so good in this movie. Um, and they're so completely committed, um, especially the father, uh, of being like this very, um, like he, he's kind of like a, a Jeremy Sonier kind of character, like something from like Green Rune or Blue Rune. He's just like a regular person and you can really identify that person, whether it's yourself or somebody else uh, that you know, that is uh, kind of like the, I'm going to be just dropping references uh, right and left with uh, that, oh, damn it, the, the comedian. What's that comedian's name that does uh oh, okay like uh he's making poking fun at like how people are just willing to accept whatever happens to them um and don't put much thought into um that hey this is wrong and i should stick up for my wife or i should say something they just kind of roll with the punches and so that's kind of what's happening there like because you as you're watching this, you're like, nah, maybe I, I don't think I would eat that meat. But you're not in that that situation per se, and you're not feeling the you know the warm feelings of from the invitation, and and you're trying to be polite, and you don't want to uh, kick things off on the wrong foot. Um, so that kind of like gets things going. Um, and uh, yeah, um, what was your original question about this though? I don't want to. <laughs> Preston is so excited. There's so much to talk about. There's literally so much to talk about. Um, and it's it's really exciting to me. It is. I'm so happy, Preston's so excited about this. The original question was that do you did you feel the same way I did in that that slow build of those life's Mm. little um etiquettes and that it never really hit a hundred miles per hour until the very end. That's why it was so great because somebody going into the movie not knowing what's going to happen it's just like i would stay here and that's i mean kudos yeah. to the filmmaker man like he <laughs> yeah yeah the the moment where it's really special is when the family decide to leave and the moment that gets them to actually pull the trigger so to speak is when the mom who's visiting 
is looking for her daughter uh, late at night and finds that the daughter is sleeping in the same bed of the, the other of couple. The house. Yeah, the other couple. And the, the, the dad happens to be nude. And yeah. so you're like, oh my God. And so that that was the thing. That was the deciding factor. That was the thing that got them out the door. So they got out the door, but then yes, once again, the daughter leaves behind the bunny. And so they're they're able to they're there, there, there it is. There's the road. They're they're able to get out there, but then the reality well, what, is- what's great. What's great about that moment? What's great about that moment? <laughs> that particular scene when they are out of there. They the people that own the house are asleep. They don't know yeah. that they're gone. Yeah, all three of the uh, family are in the car. They're on their way, and the little daughter wants her bunny. And there is the conversation. We'll buy you another one. We'll buy yeah. you a bigger one, and nobody says like, just go back and get it. The dad wants to be the hero because the other father said, you are here. He wants to feel like he is that person. He goes back to get it. In that scene, that moment when he pulls up to the house, he gets out of the car and the daughter immediately finds the rabbit underneath her. Of course she didn't look. My, I, I was yelling at the TV, just yelling, God damn kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not. And when they show up again, the other couple aren't mad. They're just kind of sad. They're like, oh, we wanted to we wanted to make you happy. We wanted to do this. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's that's, that's the that's the great scene because it. Because you're feeling the frustrations and all the red flags of, and, and you're like, yes, yes, like the whole time. Because you're the viewer watching this movie, you're like, get out of there! What are you doing? And, and then, and but but it also is like, if you're really really thinking about being in that situation, you're like, yeah, I guess I would still stick around. And but yeah, when it comes to that moment, it's completely justified to be like, let's get out of here. And then when they get back and they're questioned about it, they there's just that family who owns the house. They're so good at making them feel like all you had to do is just say, if you're a vegetarian, just say, we can make something else. You never questioned it. You never said anything about it. Right. And so, and so it makes them feel like crap for, for rate voicing their opinion about everything that they do. And, th- and what's funny about it is that they start small. Like the dad is like, I don't really want to get to the hard things at the top. I'm just going to say the bed's a little too small and things like that. And it's just like <laughs> so many little things that just feel really well thought yeah, out. Yeah, the, the, the bed is too small. And they're like, well, I'm sorry, we don't have a bigger bed for you. We want one. And you're just like, oh my God, the master manipulation and guilt. Yeah. And it's this couple that's just, you know, they're a great couple as far like the, the people who are visiting um, and they just don't want to rock the boat, really, which will come into play later. Um, but that moment is just that storytelling and writing and filmmaking to a T, man, that, that, cause, because yeah. you, you feel because in so many movies, just like the last episode we did um, with Sick, you're just like these characters are so dumb but in this movie it's the opposite they are actually smart and you they were like would doing the same thing i mean 
in my mind, I wouldn't have gone back and got the bunny, like no chance about it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're also a person watching a horror movie. These people don't really necessarily know that they're in a, in a horror, horror movie. movie. Right. And so um, maybe they may maybe they make questionable decisions, but they but it's written and performed in such a way that is completely human and relatable versus sick that where they make stupid decisions and they don't feel human. Right. Right. Uh, and it's, oh, it's just done so perfectly. It's this movie. Okay. So after that, after they come back and everybody seems to be friends again, it gradually gets a little more intense like more things start to happen because I do believe that the family that owns the cabin um, in parentheses, it's, I think they know their time is almost up (laughs) to, because now the family that's visiting is on guard. Um, And so I think a little more things start to happen. And so with that Preston um, being married being a father to a kid who's roughly more or less the same age here yeah before we get into spoiler territory because we will um at the last 10 minutes where did your mind take you like do did you know honestly where it was going did you have any idea where it was going like a- as a father <laughs> Um, I I didn't know where it was going, and that that was the thrill of it. And all the way up to the very end, I still didn't know what was going on. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, I had some fear there, just because as things start to pick up, the moment that it really starts to pick up, and then because like all the other things that happen in it, you can be like. You, you can you can question it but it's not as extreme as this moment where the kids are performing in a dance in the living room and then the father who lives in the house uh is kind of verbally abusing his son that you're like okay okay that's where i draw the line um so that's that was the moment where i thought something's going to happen with these kids just if, if this movie's already pushing some of these buttons, it's really going to hammer down on something happening to the kid or the kids. Um, so that that's where I was thinking, but I did not know it was going to go where it goes. So, um, yeah, I, I had some sense of like grand doom was coming um, and it, it, it did come, but not in the way that I, I, I just didn't really have much expectations for like what was going to actually happen. Um I because there's a fear there when you're watching a movie and it's it's accomplishing what it's probably set out to do and making you feel comfortable but compelled by it all. But in a lot of cases, the movie kind of shifts the bed in the very end, and you're like, oh, things are gonna be happy or things are gonna be okay, the family's gonna get away, then they kill the the family that they're staying at, or something like that. And you think that things are gonna kind of go down in that in that fashion. Um, and so maybe some of that th- my thoughts were there. And um, because uh as we were watching Bones and All, even I leaned over <laughs> to you at one point and was just like, things are going so well here. I really do not want it to fuck things up. 
And um, for uh, granted, it's a very different movie than Bones and All. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it still stands apart from the rest of the pack in terms of other horror movies that are out there in uh, being very different. So uh, yeah, in short, did not know that it was going to go where it goes. Yeah, I, um, oh my God, it's just, I didn't know either. I had an inkling of like, okay, what what is going to happen here? But I didn't know really to who and what was going to happen. And when these things happen in the last 10 minutes of the movie, it's just, it almost makes the whole movie before it makes sense and you're just like oh my god there's a couple yeah. of lines of dialogue in those last few minutes that you're just like dude and then i i, I talked with Preston about it and he, he like he understood and i was like oh man this is so folks this is not a happy movie <laughs> yeah yeah before we actually get to some of the ending stuff i want to talk about like maybe some of your favorite cringeworthy moments of uh because we we've talked about a few but there's just like some really small ones here and there like the the wife of family b that's visiting taking a shower and then the father slash uh man in the other family that live in the house is like hey it's my house so i'm gonna go into the bathroom as i please and brush my teeth and what's funny is like following that moment of like oh my god like you never want to hear the sound of the door opening while you're taking a shower unless it's your spouse um and then so it like freaks you out and so what's funny is that the movie is like even going a little bit further with that that following that encounter that the wife doesn't mention anything about it to the husband she just gets into bed and then they go at it they, they go have sex next. and yeah. you're like what yeah and then the guy's watching um yeah, yeah and, it, and that that's crazy that cringeworthy moment one of the cringe moments to me and i don't know why i mean i know why but it's so when the family that's visiting um they the the family that owns the place they keep saying like okay um you're here now you're you're back we're we're all friends now we want to take you to this awesome restaurant like we love it yeah. it's our favorite thing and then it seems like it takes forever to get there because they're constantly like where are we going where is this place and they get there and it is like a dead as doornail like dive bar with yeah. nobody in there except for one bartender and we'll get to this in a minute um and it seems like the menu that's there's only one thing like they they only serve one thing <laughs> yeah like you almost expect the the waiter or waitress to say uh what aren't you having kind of like yeah. hell or high water <laughs> right when right yeah what aren't you having it's like just like one thing and you know in that moment you're just like man this is so awkward to watch because you know you build this thing up and wait a second we have a man here who's going to come and talk with us about this show dan moran has entered the chat what what he has entered the chat i am so excited um uh dan moran our our guy from fear and loathing and cinema has entered the game here to talk about this movie. Speak hey guys, no I, evil. 
Guys, I heard my daughter left her stuffed animal behind, so I'm here to pick it up. Do you guys have it? <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We were just talking about how this movie, Dan, has... We, we kind of described it up until the last 10 minutes as almost a Seinfeld episode where Seinfeld has these moments of etiquette and done subtly in this movie, Speak No Evil, and we were talking about those cringe-worthy moments, like Preston said when the wife visiting was in the shower, and the other husband comes in and brushes his teeth, and then the wife goes and has sex with her husband right away. And then I'm talking about the cringe-worthy moment when they go to that dive bar, which is supposed to be the best restaurant. They only serve one food. And then in addition to that, at that bar, the other couple that you know, it lives there, start dancing and they just start hardcore making out. And to have another couple visiting that's already on edge and witness that and be drunk and then drunk drive home like that and get into a tiff was so cringeworthy for me. So Dan watching in the, pa- in the pain of the bill. Like in the only oh, like, in the hey, pain of the bill. Yes. It's like it's it's crazy. Yeah, th- this this movie is terrifying well before we get to the finale. Because it is just a nightmare scenario start to fit. If you have any social anxiety or yeah. any fears about spending time with people you don't know too well, so you don't want to step on any toes or make anyone uncomfortable, it is, it's a harrowing movie. Like, and I don't know about you guys, since I've had kids, I've been in so many situations like this. Yeah. Like, I, I feel I know oh, you wait guys. Wait a second. Well. Wait a second. Explain. <laughs> Listen, I like to brush my teeth while my friend's wives shower. I don't know why that's such a big deal. You guys really know. Um, <laughs> I'm saying just like couple vacations or um, play dates with the kids or get together places. And it's never, it's never to this level, but it's just the awkward interaction at the beginning. It's like, okay, well, my family's kind of hungry. Like, do we go grab lunch now? Should we invite them to go to lunch? Like, yeah. okay. Like what or, time are we or meeting? Or when, um, when you see like another parent, like parenting your kid or things like that or like the their kids doing something you're like do i wait a second wait a second i I don't have kids does this actually happen oh Oh, 100 wait give me an example how does that how does that work (laughs) like you're at you're at a park or a playground or like a birthday party and you see your kids jumping on a trampoline with like four other kids and then either your kid does it or someone else they get a little rough and knock someone over and you see a parent you don't know come over and just be like hey everybody let's be careful and you're like well i would have done that so am i going to get up or if they're being a little bit more aggressive it's like wait i mean they're just jumping on a trampoline i know this is just like a broad scenario but yeah i mean that's why this movie is so scary and you said seinfeld this is curb your enthusiasm because it's all (laughs) it's all walking into and every time you just want to say what the fuck (laughs) what is this but these happen man and and it happens a lot and kids are the avenue to this happening and that's what made this i i have so many friends in my life who i truly cherish now but our initial interactions i was just like oh do we have to go to this like oh what if i don't have anything in common with the (laughs) husband what if the wife's weird what if they're like yeah you know yeah it's yeah it's just that's life (laughs) <laughs> so 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 dan uh we we talked about you know a little bit about those cringe worthy but yet 
believable moments that wouldn't make us leave, you know, and run away. Is there anything else like that in the, in the movie that did that for you? Like the cringe type of thing that was just like a little off kilter. Everything you listed start to all the things that you listed when I first came on. And then every single thing that happens once they get to the vacation house, almost every interaction to me makes me more physically uncomfortable or makes me want to like squirm in my seat. than watching i don't know like a john wick movie or like a a saw or a torture porn movie like them just interacting through the day planning out their day making the lunches going to the picnic going to the all of that stuff i'm just like oh my gosh and they're trapped there they're in a social awkward prison well the the one that really got me was uh we we skipped over it even though we set up the situation of going to the roadhouse or the dive bar is the (laughs) baby the babysitter like oh when, my god when it's not it's just a series of miscommunications something's or misunderstandings and just the moment where they get down they think that yeah as a family we're all gonna go to the restaurant to a, yeah a nice restaurant and eat as a family our entire family the kids are gonna be there and the kids are not gonna be there they they get down to the to the area to the living room to go out the, the front door and uh the husband's who lives there is already in the car he's waiting so there's already this added pressure there to when the babysitter comes in and it's a man who does not speak english right. and you're like uh, you can see it on the mom's face and you can feel it of being like no 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 i don't know this person at all but then you're like but they're pushing me out the door. They're saying it's all right. He's like, oh, he's really good. He's not only is he cheap, but he's like really, there's a reason why everybody uh, invites him over to do that. And you get a sense of like how, how good that the babysitter may be, but still you have no idea and you're in foreign territory. You have not. And, and what so, do you do? Like, do you, do you rock the boat or do you just yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Well, that's the issue is that's what makes it so uncomfortable because you can just I, you can feel that situation and put yourself in that situation. And it's just, oh, yeah, I agree with you, Preston. That was that was awful. Yeah, because 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 when that happens, even though I don't have kids, I can't imagine that scene go that actually happening. But then they sell it so oh. well, because when the babysitter yeah. comes in, he's doing magic tricks. He's making yeah. them laugh. And it's just like, wait, what? OK, I guess it's OK. Um, Brian, and I won't. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, Brian, go ahead. I know, I know you don't have kids, but this is like, I'm telling you, man, like this, this stuff happens. Like I haven't had to this situation, but I've, I've been in situations with my wife and it's like a couple or people want to go out to dinner and like my, I'm lucky my parents live nearby. So normally we have them as babysitters. Um, especially when my kids are younger and like the couple we're going out with is like, oh, well, my niece is in town and she's watching our two kids. What's two more at this point? We're like, oh, okay. How old's your niece? And they're like 15. It's like 15 (laughs) with four kids under the age of seven. I was like, that sounds terrible. Um, so it's just, yeah, like these things. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, how, how do you say that politely? I would, I feel like I would just be blunt. Like, oh yeah, that sounds terrible. We're going to do my parents. That's no, my, no, problem. That's say, my like, problem. Yeah. I would just say, usually I'm very, I'm a very strategic person. So I really try to feel out every situation and I, I plan ahead of time. So if something like that were to happen, I just be like, Oh, you know, my, my son doesn't get to spend a lot of time with his grandparents. And so this time is very vital for them. And so I'm uh, sorry, but they already have plans to do that. Oh, there that's, you go. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, that's a very diplomatic way to say it. 
<laughs> but when you're in their situation, you have no other choice. Right. You have to do that. And I want to go back to the other cringeworthy moment. And it's, it, it it happens so much is when you brought up Preston, when the couple visiting first got to the house, the couple that is the other couple that's there um, that owns it is cooking food. And they tell the mother, the wife that who's vegetarian slash pescarian to try this beef, try this pork or whatever. And it, there's a back and forth like, no, 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 no. It's like, please try it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, to what we're going to talk about in those final 10 minutes, it's that was a foreshadowing, but so subtle of what was to come. And then it happens. Well, it, and it even lays down because uh, so much happens within that dive bar. But when that comes back up throughout the movie of her being a vegetarian and when they get to that dive bar and uh, uh, Patrick, that's the name of the owner. Uh, yes. of the house and so he says something like so you're vegetarian you eat fish um so you're more of a pescatarian and so uh it brings up this like very unique question very subtly doesn't draw a lot of attention to itself but like uh what happens in the world when like it's like if you're a vegetarian or you're li living a sustainable life or whatever it's never enough and so like the guy Patrick questions her and says, so you eat fish. You don't think that uh, the way that they, you know, capture fish and is all clean and everything that it's yes. that that whole process is not harming the environment. And it causes her to be like, oh, um, and, and then it just moves on. And so it's just like so many moments throughout this film that even through its uncomfortability has a statement very like written between the lines to kind of feed to you that you're like well shit i'm gonna think about this for the rest of my life um so um <laughs> really really fascinating stuff happens it, it, that those awkward things happen with couples you don't really know though just like preston just said like we i've been in situations where i didn't know the people it, it can happen with religions like these people don't drink you know what i mean so right. it's like okay which is fine i don't have any issue with that but it feels awkward it's like there's a bar kids park in north yeah. in, in like the round rock area and it has a giant tv screen they put football games on it but it has like three playgrounds food trucks and it's great and we go and we meet a couple there and then mandy's like my wife she's like oh by the way they don't you know their religion they don't drink or anything and i'm like so is it is it wait what and then so like we have that awkward conversation it's like well i'm not gonna get hammered but is it awkward if i walk up with like you know a pint Here? Yeah, like, can I sit there? Are they going to be offended? Are they going to think less of me? And all those things go through your head and you can't help it. And so, yes, food stuff, alcohol, religion, all those things with couples you don't know really well can turn into really awkward conversations, especially politics. Like in my mind, they were arguing about the fish, but just thinking like into our realm, you show up to someone you don't know and they have, whether it's like a anti you know, I mean, anti-Democrat uh, or an anti-Republican, and you're the opposite of that, it can make things really awkward really quick. Yes. Very quickly, very quickly. And so as we're talking about all of this, we're, 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 we've been talking about all these moments that lead up to like the final 10, 15 minutes of the movie. And as you've been hearing this, okay, yeah, there's these awkward moments. There's these little etiquette things of um uh, meeting somebody uh and going to their place and you know trying to figure out a common ground um and then of course 
<laughs> both both couples have kids and Patrick and his wife, the people that own the house, um, they have a little kid. And at some point in the movie, the kid um, is silent through the whole movie. He opens his mouth and it is revealed he has no tongue. Um, we don't know why. He just maybe he was born without a tongue. And at one moment right <laughs> before, like the final 15 minutes kind of take place, the daughter of the family visiting and then Patrick's son uh, they they choreograph a little dance for their parents and they just want to show it off. And for some reason, Patrick's son, the kid without a tongue, is just not really into it, but he's still doing the moves. And that's when Patrick and his wife really start to come down hard on him, almost like a helicopter parent in show business. And it's definitely crosses a boundary, but it's not a boundary that would be out like it, it's it's not over the top like you could see this actually happening but right. in the situation it's just ridiculous because it's just like oh these kids practice you know last night and they want to show their 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 parents and so it gets really awkward right that happens that happens all the time and it makes it super awkward like my kids do that type of crap all the time <laughs> yeah, saying, have, like, especially if you're kids in like little league or something like that you have the parents that are really intense and they're like my my child has to you know strive for per perfection and has to really work hard and then you have the parents that are like eh you know it's it, it, at least you have fun right like it's just like it, there's oh, those dude. two clash it's just a clash a series of clashes we don't have enough styles. time to go into that stuff but yeah we should do a but yeah no i fully agree that happens parenting styles clash instantly with those situations yeah, that happens. And then so what is revealed is that uh, the parents, the dad walks into like their guest house type of thing uh -huh. and is shown that there's tons of like equipment camera. There's tons of Polaroid pictures of different people and kids. There's like, like creep, like creep. Or even the movie Breakdown with uh, Russell or uh, Kurt Russell, like uh, somebody that's, you know, killing people or whatever, but it's not revealed yet. And so what happens, um, you know, in that moment, uh, it is revealed that the little boy, the son, is face down in a pool of water. He's he been killed. And you're like, wait, what? And this is when the family... Is like we have got to go. The or family, Bjorn, the the yeah. the dad specifically. What's so interesting about that situation is that he's like ushering them out the door, and kind of like what Louise, who was the the wife that was in the shower, and like she did not say anything to her husband. Bjorn here does not say anything to her, her wife, to his wife. They just like get out the door, and that's what makes it such a fascinating movie all the way to the very end is that they had so many instances to do things or say things and they don't voice. So it's like they can't speak the evil that is happening in the film. Which, so yeah. Hence the title. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's where like, that's where the, um, for me personally, that's where the reality break happens. Cause I'm with all the awkwardness and can see it all the way up to the point where you find the sex murder dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was just like, all right, now it's like my wife and kids are going in a corner. I'm finding a knife. Like we have to get out of this house right now. You know, like that's where I'm, that's where the movie flips for me and my whole, I'm just going to go with the flow to not rock this boat 
is out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. And so, and I think very well, they do. The family gets out of there pretty quickly. They get in their car and they drive off. But um, what it seems like what happens or it seems like the town that they're in, it seems like this family uh, Patrick has concocted this town only for them and the people that are in there that to, to conspire against everybody else. And so of course, Patrick catches up to them, uh, and they the, the family is caught in the car, and they are taken by Patrick and his wife um, to uh, no. They don't know where they're going. They pull up, and then there's bright lights. The babysitter from before comes out, grabs the daughter. He's good and- with kids. Yeah, because he's good with kids and viciously cuts her tongue out and takes her away. And meanwhile, yo, go ahead. Sorry, nothing sanitary about this. Like, this is just a brutal scene. Like, I honestly, when I saw this, I was like, obviously, the whole movie seems a little bit much. And I'm sorry to throw off your flow in there, Brian. But like, I thought that this was a much better put together organization of these sickos. And it's not they just did it like in a dirty street like in a mining thing it was right right and so in this moment you're thinking like why isn't the dad and the mother really fighting back as hard as they could why aren't they getting out of the car why aren't they doing this there's no like no guns there's no gun what's going on i mean they are trying to do something but maybe it's the shock of the situation is this actually happening did this just happen what can i do um, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the daughter is taken away. And meanwhile, the mother and the father, they're just like, what has happened? What, what, what's going on? And Patrick calm and collected is like, if you do everything we say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And you're thinking to your head, like, how's any of this going to be okay? Um, because the daughter's not with them anymore. Um, they pull up to a rock quarry and the couple is forced to take off their clothes, go down into the rock quarry and they are stoned to death by Patrick and his wife stoned to death. And before they are stoned to death, um, the couple, they ask Patrick, why are you doing this? And his answer is verbatim because you let me and we'll get into that but first i've got to talk with preston and dan uh preston at this moment having kids and that hat the the tongue cutting out the daughter taken away and then the stoning what's going through your mind what because i know you had a visceral reaction to the movie mother did you have a visceral reaction like this to like that to this movie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) So because I write following my viewing of it, I had to interview the director. And so that's kind of what forced me. I really wonder if I would have pressed the, you know, the eject button at a certain point, because it really is, we cannot sell just how disturbing it is to watch that scene of the child get the tongue cut out because the way that they focus on that, 
violence being done and also the the reactions of the family like even the dad like falling that moment throws up yeah and so like it just feels so real and so you're frustrated because you're you know you're frustrated with the family because you like we've been saying throughout this entire uh podcast about like when it comes to those moments of like where the your radar is going off the red flags are coming up that um you know you're conscious of knowing that this is a horror movie and so i would behave not like that at all but you're not in the the, the moment with the character but i can honestly say that i really would have put up more of a fight to, when it came to that um uh, because at that point if you know things are going to that level you're gonna die trying to I so I never would I want my child to face that pain. They're being held back, but like, what are you doing? To, so there, there's, there's uh, on one hand, like you understand and it's to, for it to go to that level, like why the filmmaker chose to do that and not have them fight um, because, it, because of that question. And that's what makes it so chilling is when Patrick says that line of uh, because you let me, it really causes you to wonder because the big, I guess, thesis statement of the entire film is kind of like this of um, like when it comes to evil, like how we react to evil, like what, yep. what will we do? Um, and so that question is what is the, the big, the big thing of the film and what makes it such a fascinating movie that to, to still think about um because you watch it more after you actually watch it in your own head and that and it makes you more fascinated by it you're thinking about some of those specific moments as to like why the family didn't do this or that or why they did that or this um so um yeah i had a pretty big reaction to it and then when it came to the stoning itself what makes it interesting despite me thinking i would have done things differently is that post that moment of Patrick saying that line, you think about um, like how numb they probably feel. Like they're just like, they feel like they failed. And so they're just like, it's almost like they're in this dream or this nightmare and they're waiting to wake up. But yet, like even when they get stoned to death, they're like holding each other and it just makes it all the more chilling in this like kind of like funny games uh, Michael Haneke kind of way um, except they had a little more fight in them in that movie but um, yeah it's just the movie maintains that chillingness all the way to the end and never uh, pushes the brake taps the brake on that and uh, the word that I described at the very front of this is admirable it's admirable that it never lets up and it just kind of maintains that feeling by asking these questions exploring these certain things and making you feel a certain way making you feel disturbed um so uh, it, it, su it succeeds wildly with that it does all right so Dan the same question when all this is happening this I, reaction position. Yeah. I think I think the director and everything that happened in the movie set you up for that moment where you were there with the characters, which is what Preston was saying is what made it so disturbing. But I am what scientists refer to as a pussy. I'm not fighting anybody. <laughs> like, I'm not fighting. Like, no one's going to look at me and be like, oh, this guy's going to destroy. But I'm telling you right now, some stupid Eastern European couple 
takes my daughter and is holding me back and they don't have a gun on me, I will You're turn into I, Liam Neeson, man. Yeah, like I will I will go so crazy. I'll pull hair, I'll bite, like I'll do anything. Because at that point, I'm gonna die anyway, as Preston said. Like, and so that's where my mind is. And they put us in the position of these characters, which is a testament to the film and what made it so disturbing. But watching it, I was so upset that this family just didn't try to fight back. And we watched them for almost two hours, not fight back. So we knew what was coming, but just yeah. to transport yourself, I think that's what made it even more disturbing is that, I mean, kick them in, step on the foot, throw your head back, hit someone in the yeah. balls and try to run over and save your daughter. And they didn't do it. They were just led to their death. They were frozen. They were like deer in headlights. They just, and it was so disturbing and so upsetting, but as far as I, I would have been, I would have been beaten to a pulp or something, but there's no way I'm hugging my wife in a quarry and getting rocks thrown at me till I die. Like run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like pick up a rock and throw it back. Like, your as far as you know, your child's still alive. Go. This isn't Dave Batista and Ronda Rousey standing at the top of the quarry throwing rocks at me. You know what I mean? These aren't athletic specimens. They're not going to run me down. Like I know they have my daughter, but I'm fighting. And so that was... But like I said, to give a compliment to the director and everything else, yeah, they put us in there, and it, that's what that's what made the movie so affecting. I think had he fought back and saved his daughter, we all would have been like, "Oh well, okay." Yeah, but yeah. It's the disturbingness and and the fact that they went along with this evil, with everything that was being done to them, and it just escalated to the most outlandish point. And much like the strangers, with him mm -hmm. saying, "Why did you do this to me?" Because we because you were home. It's that disturbing yeah. line of like, well. Guess what? If you spoke up once or twice this entire time, whether it's defend your wife, whether it's asking me why the hell I walked in on your wife showering, any of that stuff, that dad may have been like, oh, these yeah. people might have a little bit more fight in them. So I'm not going to rip out their daughter's tongue. Yeah, there's a lot of. So I got to ask some questions because um, once because you're so hung up on the shock of it all that when you really start to, when you, you think back on Bjorn walking into that room with all the pictures and you and you do see like other couples uh throughout however long that they've been doing this and it causes you to ask questions it's kind of like Brian was saying about like how much of the town is really in on this and why are they in on this what are they gaining from it why did they do this with their children um did they did they did this couple uh Patrick and Karen did they lose a child and this is why like where is this all coming from um so I I'm just curious did you give that any thought or just because of all the questions like it's not really important to think about but I don't know. Well, I, I definitely gave that thought, you know, as soon as they pulled up to the restaurant and it was just the one guy there, or <laughs> even when the babysitter comes back out, I was like, we haven't seen anybody else in this town. We haven't seen one person, one iota. Like this seems like this family somehow may have killed everybody in the town and have kind of taken it over because why would their favorite restaurant be so far away? And they only served one thing, you know, it just, I thought about that. I definitely thought about that. And I was like, maybe there's something bigger to the situation here, because if this was happening and there were like regular people in town, something would have been known, you know, that something would have seen or heard somebody. I don't know. Yeah. The, and the other thing is like, is Patrick kind of like Andy from Toy Story where he's like, I don't want to play with you anymore when it comes to the kids where like why do you have to change kids 
so much? Did they reach a certain point through all of the trauma that they endured that they're like, okay, let's move on, need a new kid. Um, so like even just like that, the history of it, of how long they've been doing it and why they do it is just like kind of hanging on my mind and haunting me a little bit. Right. It's haunting my mind. And just like the movie Breakdown, you know, the the movie with Kurt Russell where this trucker family is kidnapping yeah. and killing people, it seems like for years and nobody knows, you know, like they've never been caught. Nobody's ever on them. And it's like this couple, which seems to me like they do their research. They're very careful. But then that thing in the back of my mind, that, that investigators like really nobody's really investigated them. They've, they've kind of done this, but it, I mean, going through the movie, like I believe it all like this, this right. could happen. And if they're stoning people like that, they have that rock quarry, like who's going to know, you know, that's just, it's crazy. But it, but it's also, you think about, cause it, it did make me think like, it looked like there were, a hundred photographs of different families on this wall. Did not one family tell a friend they were going to this location, that they were going to this place and nobody seemed to like investigate. I mean, that's where, you know, my, my yeah. brain is going, but I know it's a movie. I know like, yeah, there. That, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I agree with everything y'all said, but if we start breaking down yeah, the you, movie you, to that level, it ruins it. And I feel like there wouldn't, there wouldn't have been a satisfying answer. If if you had found out any answer for this, would any of us have been satisfied with this movie or we all would have been like, oh, well, that's kind of we all would have been complaining about that. So I like that they just focused it, made it as creepy as possible, made it disturbing. And guess what? If there wants to be a direct to DVD sequel of of um, yeah. Speak No Evil 2 on like Shudder in a year and it explores the town and why this all happened, I will be the first one streaming that bad boy. <laughs> No, it, that that was crazy. And I want to bring up a little bit about um that that line. I know y'all both talked about it the uh because you let me mm -hmm. um line and while they're doing that. And to me, I've I've studied the Holocaust. <laughs> I've taken yeah. classes and all of that and so many times from interviews from SS officers or even survivors there's that not, I don't know if it's a mentality or something like that, but a lot of people have asked like, why did the Jews not fight back when it seems like there were so many of them that they could have banded up and fought against, you know, the officers that they outnumbered, you know? And so I think this movie kind of tells Nobody that. Nobody wants to be tale. the front of the lines though. Right, exactly. And, you know, you're almost in shock. You're almost like, oh, well, they're telling me this, they're manipulating, but then, you know, the eventual happens. And it's excellent that this director kind of did it that way, because like, you're, you're wanting to fight back. And just like Dan said, and just like Preston said, like, they're, they're maybe in a daze, they're, they're not believing what's actually happening, what they're, what's going to go on. My family's taken from me. I've already seen my daughter tortured and taken away. What, what, what's there more and why don't I fight back? Luckily we've never been in this situation personally, and you don't know how you're going to react. I mean, as times are now, yeah, the gut reaction would be to like, yeah, I'm going to use all of my might to do whatever I can to stop it. But that it, I love that line. 
I loved it. Yeah, how it it's, was. it's a great it's a great line, and not to I completely agree with your analogy and to the World War II and everything, but at least that was an army and they had guns trained on you. Yeah. you right, I mean? right. Like, no, like, for sure, for sure. There, there was that they had rifles, they had weapons, they were so, in uniform. So, hundred percent. Like yeah, hundred percent agree. It's just, but the sentiment, yeah, it flows through. Like, yeah, who? I mean, you may have died, but maybe your wife and daughter would have got away. Maybe your wife dies, but you know, it's it, but you could try to save your daughter. And that was the whole thing. Like the, the lack of <laughs> the lack <They're>, of effort. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're victims of their own decisions. Correct. And that, the, yeah. Yeah, they are. And, you know, even going down in that rock quarry, you're just like, just start running the other way. Just start running, yes. you know? <laughs> And you're just, but in that moment, you just saw your daughter taken away viciously. You saw her tongue cut out. Yeah. It, life's over, probably. Yes. And you're just in shock. I, maybe that's part of it. You know, that's. I mean, I was in I, shock and I was watching it and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. And I know Preston, you talked with the director and, you know, it seemed like in your interview, he talked about an alternate ending of the family fighting back, saving the day, a good ending, it wouldn't have been the same movie. It would okay. not have been as beautiful. It would not have been as uh, memorable because we've seen that before. You wouldn't be talking about it on your podcast here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, we, we, we wouldn't have had like another, we would have had like an end scene where the, the family got away their daughter is fine her tongue is so sewed back on you know something like that the, the <laughs> cops surrounding the barn like yeah you're happier in that moment but this makes so much more of a punch yeah yep. and you know we're talking about it now and you're just like man i just want to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> that may be you um yeah, I feel like because uh, I've seen it twice now, I didn't know if I was going to build a stomach watching it a second time. And I'm not going to lie, I just skipped through a couple of parts. Um, so you did fast forward it. So just like my friend uh, hey, Warren thank, said, thank, he you, sh thank you, Shutter, for adding the 10 second skip. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, because especially when it gets to the those very dark moments, it's like I don't I I, I experience it and it's in its totality the first time i don't really need to experience that at this point i'm more uh into those questions that whole exploration of like what i was talking about with uh they're 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 victims of their own decisions um so i got more hung up on on that so i could look at it from a different angle and focus on different things and i don't have to get wrapped up into the shock and uncomfortability disturbingness of it all i can just kind of look at it from a different way yeah, yeah, that's uh oh my god, that's so crazy. I, I coming away from this movie, watching it comes down. I watched it late at night. Um, you know, it was like 11 30 at night and when it was finished, so it was kind of already dark outside. It was a such a dark ending, but afterwards I was like, Man, that movie really, really did it, and they went for it and they executed it perfectly in my in my mind, and it made me like what would you really do in that situation? Are these the telltale signs, the manipulation? Can you see yeah. when somebody's like genuine, like, oh, just try it. You're going to like this piece of meat, even though you're vegetarian. Or is can you figure out the manipulation? Would you be more aware of your surroundings? I don't know. I think it, it, 
Patrick is just such a fascinating character. Like even there's like one point in the movie where um, uh, Louise cuts her finger while they're making dinner. And then uh, Bjorn says, Hey, uh, Patrick, you're a doctor. Can you take a look at her finger? And then he's like, yeah, I'll look at the finger. And then he's like, everything looked good. And it's like, you're, uh, is there anything like more that I can't remember what happens verbatim in that moment, <laughs> but, but they do. Uh, he's like, but you said that you were a doctor before. He's like, Oh, did I say that? I lied. I'm, I'm, I'm insecure. I was just trying to make a good impression. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Well, well what do you do? Well, I don't work. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe in working. It's so like, I'm yeah. a tongue doctor. Yeah, I'm a tongue doctor. Well, he's not a tongue doctor. He didn't do any of that. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, with that moment, you're just like, okay, how do they get this place? How do they have this place? And right there, you're just like, wait, what? Because when somebody says they're a doctor, you know, you're, you're, you instantly feel at ease. But, like, think about horror movies. Think about, like, Human Centipede Doctor. Think about Dr. Giggles. Think about all these crazy doctors, you know? Like, there's some horror in that. Uh, but I get that. But in that moment, I would have been like, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, let's eat this, and we're going to sneak out, you know? <laughs> Just, like, all these things coming up. And But, again, like you said, Press, and Patrick has a way of being so charming, that you fall under his spell. It makes spell. you feel like you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, this movie. Speak no evil. Are there any lasting final thoughts, uh, Dan? Don't go on vacation with people. Yeah, don't trust <laughs> anyone. So I would like to invite you both on vacation. <laughs> I, I know you. I'm not trust. The but do you? Is, but yeah. do you? The creepy thing is like if we went on vacation and I just like met another couple and I was like talking to you a few months later and you're like, so Dan, what have you been up to? It's like, actually, remember that couple I talked to for, I don't know, maybe two and a half days and I know nothing about them. I'm going to go on an all inclusive vacation with them at their own ranch somewhere. You'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'd be like, we're going to meet somewhere halfway in a public place, if anything, or have a virtual play date or conversation or something. Anything else. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, this movie is amazing. This, uh, Preston, do you have a lasting thought on this? Yeah, one of the greatest cautionary tales of all time. There you go. It, it, it is It is wonderful. Be aware. Um, and uh, this movie, Speak No Evil, uh, you can find it on Vudu. It, it's, it's available for rent and purchase almost anywhere, right? It is on Shutter. And it's on Shutter for free if you have Shutter. So check it out. It is a, an amazing movie. Please, Criterion, do something with this. <laughs> Give me all of it. Uh, great stuff. We are My Bloody Podcast. I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me at High Def Digest. You can find me at YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, Brian Kluger. You can find Preston Barta. You can find him at the Denton Record Chronicle. You can find him at freshfiction.tv. You can find him on YouTube doing all the amazing interviews. You can also find him on Instagram at Blu-ray Dad and Twitter at Preston Barta and Dan Moran. He's you can on find me. You can find me looking for couples to vacation with. Yes, he has a YouPorn <laughs> account now. Oh, <laughs> Finally. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next week with another great horror movie. Uh, and we'll uh, the three of us will be back um, for 
Fear and Loathing in Cinema as well. We're looking forward to it next week. So thank you, Dan, for joining. Uh, We are, uh, we'll see you all on vacation.